Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's one of our leaders, Andrew Haas. I want to give a just a, a, just a, a little mini teaching on something prior to praying and then getting into the uh, key scripture. So, the Word of God tells us that uh, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Uh, what that means is that when God speaks to his people or he speaks to someone to deliver a word, that that word can actually can come out in a way that doesn't necessarily meant, represent the way God said it. I'll give you an example. So John 3.16, everybody knows, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, someone could take that scripture and preach it like this. God gave his only son, so you better shape up or you're not going to go to heaven. See, that's not the attitude or the heart behind why God said that. So some of the things I have to say today, I prayed uh, long about, and they, they aren't, sometimes they're not very kind, right? But we need them because the Word of God, the Bible tells that it is the Word of God is the gospel, the good news is the power of God, the dunamis of God to, that brings about salvation. The word salvation means deliverance. The Word of God, regardless if it feels good or not, is the thing that's going to change you, and it's what's going to bring about change inside your life. See, Peter, I remember, how many of you remember that story when Peter was called out onto the water? What did the Lord do? He said, Peter, he, Peter said, Lord, if that's you, call me out onto the water. So he said, come. And what did Peter do? He started to walk on the water, then he looked at the waves, and he began to sink. Jesus, what's really interesting about the story is, is that Jesus didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus didn't grab him and then say, hey, you, it's okay. You get an A for effort. What did he say? He said, why did you doubt me? You see, Jesus is so fiercely committed to your perfection. He is so fiercely committed to, to seeing your, the good work completed in you until that day. He said, behold, I'm coming quickly and I'm coming for a bride without spot and without wrinkle. He knows that any compromise in any area of our life can cripple us for life and cost us dearly in eternity. Church, the things that we do here will always echo in eternity. Let me say that again. The choices that you make here echo in eternity. You get, <clears throat> the Bible calls our life a vapor, and we have a vapor to make the right choices here, and that will affect us for eternity. Amen? All right, so let's pray. <clears throat> and as we pray, I just want to encourage you to act your faith with me. Act your faith that the word comes out. Because I'm, I'm a man, right? I'm just a man. And act your faith with me that the word comes out and it convicts and it changes. And pe people, we want the word of God is living, breathing, active, right? It's what's going to change us. It's what's going to give us the power, right? The power. So let's pray. So Lord Jesus, we lift up this time to you. We cover it in your precious blood. And we right now stand in faith and we just ask that you would bind every demonic attack that would come against us this morning and release the life of God. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, and everything that you will do. Lord, we thank you that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. We just ask as the word goes forth this morning that it would find its way into the hearts and minds of those that are listening and that it would produce good fruit and that it would produce the power of God that causes us to change. Lord, draw us unto you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. <clears throat> amen. So I have a question for you this morning before we get into the key scripture. And the question is, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see the world or do you see Jesus? When you look in the mirror, do you see a mind that is wrapped up in the Word of God or do you see a mind that is wrapped up in Netflix? Answer that question. Do you see a mind that is wrapped up? I might see church, we are supposed to draw a hard line. We aren't supposed to look like the world. If you say, well, I can't, you know, I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I want to, you know, why, you know, I'm not saying you got to, okay, I was a homeschooler, so I'm going to make fun of homeschoolers here for a minute, sorry, but, you know, I'll look back at you, you know, I would, you know, go look back at pictures, okay, I was an awkward kid, okay, you know, and, I, you know, and, and it wasn't until, you know, my, you know, my parents, like, you know, you're socially awkward, you go into youth group, and that's the end of the story, go, you know, but, you know, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to, you know, walk around with, you know, our hairs and our ponytails, women, you know, dresses down to your knees. No, that's not what I'm talking about. If you don't look different, 
there's a problem. There's a problem, church, when we know every word to every lyric of a secular radio, but we can't quote one scripture. There's a problem. There's a problem. See, we're supposed to be different. And the only way we're going to be different is when we think different. The only way we're going to think different is when we start engaging the word of God and letting it change the way you think. We have got to be different. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says, Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourself, or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test. In the business world, you know what we call this? We call this metrics. We don't know if we're doing a good job. um, In the business world, we have this saying. It says, you can't control what you can't measure. You see, the Bible, Paul said, look in the mirror. Examine yourself. We've got to do that. You will never be, and I'm just going to say this. It's amazing to me how as students, okay, as a student going to school, as an employee getting paid, or a spouse or whatever, a father, mother, we, we, we work at it, right? How many of you are in a relationship and you know that you're not going to be a good spouse without working at it? You're not going to be a good student without working at it. You will never be everything that God called you to be without working at it. Your mind isn't going to get renewed by accident. You're not going to wake up one morning and go, oh, my mind's renewed. No, you have, it takes work, church. It takes work. You know, it, we, we approach God like it's the one thing in the world that we don't have to work at and it's just going to be there, right? So a couple more scriptures. Therefore, this is 2 Corinthians 6, 17. It says, therefore, come out from the midst of them and be separate, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Church, we got to draw a line in the sand. We need to draw a line in the sand and say, I was called out. I was called out. I am, I am supposed to look different. Guess what? If you look different, you're doing something right. It's sad when we can't tell the difference between the believers and the non-believers. That's a problem, church. Last scripture I'll give you. These things that say Matthew, or John 16, 33 says, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Church, there is a way, a specific way the scripture tells us that we have overcome the world. It has been done. The thing about uh, John 16, 33 is he said, I have overcome. That's past tense. It's done. It has been done. I I hope as we go through this, I want you to remember this one thing, church. As believers, okay, every scripture that we're going to go through through here this morning, not one of them addresses an unbeliever. Not one of them addresses an unbeliever. They are about the believer. Church, we are without excuse. And we will be without excuse when we stand before him. So the key scripture is Isaiah 9-6 for this series. And I just want to remind everybody what the series is. It's, it's his name, right? His name. And I want to just put, put my plug in for this. Do you know why it's so important? You know, there's like, I think there's over, I mean, someone might correct me. I don't, I don't, maybe, I don't know this one for sure, but there's over 951 names of God. And I love what Pastor Matt said last week, the word wonderful. It was incomprehensible. You, it, it, I mean, you know, I... I one name, Andrew, that's me. Well, it took 951, and we still don't, can't comprehend him, right? So what, what's so important about a name? Well, a name is how you know someone, right? So a name is how, it's, it's, it's not only a characteristic of God and how we can know him, but it's how we know him, you know? I can't know Kurt unless I know his name, right? I could just say, hey, the dude with the glasses. No, that's not the way that works. I have to know Kurt's name. So Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child will be born, for a child will be born to us, a son who will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and the Prince of Peace. I want to recap one thing that Pastor Matt said last week. Again, the word wonderful means incomprehensible. See, the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. When the wonderful counselor, but, but it also says that we have the mind of Christ. So we can know him. We can know his thoughts. The, the word of God is not a mystery to us because of the Holy Spirit. We can know that. So when the wonderful counselor, he will lead you by a way you didn't know. 
Just let that sink in. The wonderful counselor will lead you by a way you didn't know. So we're going to talk today about the mighty God. So I, before we get into all the details and the grind of the scriptures, I just want to just, on the outset here, the mighty God, when I, whenever I think of that, the mighty God, I think of the God that shaped the earth, that put the stars in place, that designed the human body down to the very atoms, right? I think of the marvelous things that God is capable of. What God wants us to focus on this morning, and my heart and his heart for you this morning is, is the mighty God's working in your life. And that power, that amazing power functioning in your life in reality. The mighty God was meant to be experienced, not just read about. We were supposed to have a relationship with the mighty God. It's not something we just read about. He wants it to be our reality. Amen? So I specifically chose, in a lot of these scriptures, the Amplified Version. Now, I want you to know the Amplified Version is not one that I read massive amounts of scripture in because it's hard to read. Now, it is an amazing study tool, and I would recommend, if you don't have one, go buy one and use it to become a student of the Word. Okay? It's a wonderful tool to really understand what the writer was telling us. Because the Greek... When you really study and start digging into the Greek, it completely changes what you think the Scripture meant. So I want to encourage you with that. Okay, Ephesians 1, 18 through 22. Now I want to, the reason that we're going to go through this chunk of Scripture is because I really want you to come to understand what type of power is our God? What is He dealing with? What's His strength? Okay. Verse 18, chapter 1, says, And I pray, everybody say, I pray, pray. that the eyes of your heart, the very center and the core of your being, may be enlightened, flooded with light by the Holy Spirit, so that you may know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in us who believe. Now, that was a mouthful. But there's a couple of things I want to pull out of this for you. Number one, he started out and he said, I pray. When you need, when the, the first thing that we need to do when we come to the Lord and we are, need to understand something You've got to ask him, church. You have got to engage him by praying. That's why it was written down. The word says that these things were written down for us. The Apostle Paul is praying for something. What's he praying for? He says, I'm praying that the eyes of your heart, the center being of your understanding, will be opened up. Why? Why does he want them to be opened up? He says that so that you will know, okay, and cherish the hope of the divine charity. Uh, let me just give you, um, give you something here real quick. And then I'm going to go off on a bunny trail, so please forgive me. I know I'm going to do it. So the word know, when you see that word, stop and look it up. Whenever you see that word in the Bible, okay? Because most of the time, it will change what you thought that scripture meant to you. There's this attitude, okay? And it, it's, I don't think it's so much particular to the um, the state of the church today as much as I think it's just a part of the human condition. There's this attitude that says, what I don't know about God, I don't know. You see, that, that is absolutely unacceptable, and we are absolutely without excuse. We have got to become students of the Word. You have got to get into the Word. I'm going to give you an example. I, mean, I, I was thinking of this this morning. I laughed at the thought of it, Okay. If I'm going 80 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, okay, I get pulled over. Cop comes up to the door and says, young man, son, you were doing 80 in a 35. What's going to happen? Well, you know, and, I, and, okay, and I go, well, officer, I didn't know it was a 35 here. I didn't see the sign posted. And he's going to go, son, that doesn't matter. Ignorance is no excuse. The sign was posted. You chose not to look at it. 
Let that sink in, church. You got to understand, he gave us the word. All right? When you were given your driver's license, let's just take this sample a little, little bit further, okay? When you were given your driver's license, let's let that represent salvation. When you were given that, it wasn't, it's not the state of Wisconsin's responsibility to make sure that I know the laws. It's my responsibility after I get my driver's license. And that's exactly how it works with God. When you become to the Lord, remember, we're talking about believers here this morning. When you come to the Lord, it's your responsibility to dig into the Word of God. Amen? So, so that, okay, so let's go back. So that you will know and cherish the hope of the divine guarantee to which he has called you, the riches of his glory and his inheritance, and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power. Now, I want to talk about that real quick. He's saying here, I want your eyes to be opened up to the active spiritual power. That word power is dunamis. The word dunamis, and I'll, I'll give you this here, it has one, two, three, four, five, six different meanings, okay, or it encompasses six different aspects. So when we go, and I'll, get, and I'll just kind of pull it out and just explain it to you here. So when you go and you say, okay, if, like let's put this in a work setting, and you say, okay, I need to purchase X, Y, and Z things, right? Who has the power to make that decision? Well, so-and-so does, Okay. But does so-and-so have the power to, to fire this other person? No. Okay? Who has the power to do that? Well, this person does. Okay? And then you go on, so, go on, so, so on and so forth, and you realize that not everybody has ultimate authority and power in the business, right? There are certain people there. This word dunamis, it encompasses everything. There is nothing that it leaves out, and I will give you what they are. It's an inherent power. It's power to perform miracles, power or moral excellence of the soul, the power and influence that belongs to riches and wealth, power and resources arising from numbers, power consisting in or resting on armies, forces, and hosts. There is nothing inside this power. And remember, what did he just say? He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Another word in there is render evident. I pray that the Holy Spirit will render evident to you the active spiritual power that was what? That is in us who believe. There's a condition here at the end. Right? No, we're talking to believers. There's a condition here at the end. Us word who believe. You see, we have to believe you can't, you can't believe in something you don't know, right? If I don't, you know, if I don't know, you know, that Kurt is, uh, you know, a, maybe Kurt's like all full of goodness, you know, but I don't know that he's all full of goodness, and I, and I just, you know, you have to, I have to know that before the reality of it will become true in my life. You know, or if Kurt was a billionaire and he wrote me a check, and I thought, well, no, Kurt just comes and sits in the front row. This check is no good. I am not paying the $150 bounce fee. I ain't doing that. But what do I know? After I know that Kurt is the billionaire, I be, it becomes reality to me. The check is no good until I know, right? See, that's what, that's what the Scripture is talking about. You, the, God, the Apostle Paul was praying that your eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you might know what is the active spiritual power in you who believe. You have got to believe. Church, if you don't know, again, go back to becoming a student of the Word. If you don't know, if you're not actively pursuing God in, in relationship to His Word, that power cannot be your reality. But it will be by faith. Amen? Amen. Okay, so then verse 20. These are in accordance with the working of His mighty strength, which He produced. Everybody say produced. In Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So this is, I, I want to draw this out because it's so important. Scriptures, every, every word in the scripture, was never, it was never an accident. Every period, every, every past tense, everything produced. Is that something that's going to happen or something that happened? It happened, right? And seated, is that something that's going to happen or is that something that's, that happened? It happened. You see, 
This isn't the, the active spiritual power of God. It's something that's available to you and I now, right now. Far above, verse 21, he says, Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, above every title that be, can be conferred. And so think of the highest title. Why is this important? Why, why did he bring this up? Think of the highest title in your company, president, CEO, you know, whatever it is. He said, there is nothing that Christ has been placed far above all of that. There is nothing that he is not over. This is the power that's working in us. Every name that is named and above every title that can be confirmed, not only in this age and world, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in every realm, Every realm. It doesn't matter if it's, super, if it's spiritual, the natural. Everything is in subjection to Jesus. And in subjection under Christ's feet. And appointed him as the supreme and authoritative head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills and completes all things in all believers. Church, Christ, and I, and I, I can't stress this enough, this is his working in us is ultimate power. We, we, somewhere along the line, and it just blows my mind, somewhere along the line, we made God our buddy. You know, some, somewhere along the line, we, made him, we, we, we shrunk him down, you know, to the guy that's in the, you know, the nativity scene. You know, he's, he, he, he has come. He said, no longer are you servants, but you become my friend. But listen, this is the God of the universe. Right? And his power is here, it says it's effectually working in us who believe. It's available to you and I to change. He said, I've overcome the world to come out. There's no excuse. He's giving us everything that we need. He says, I've, I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness to come out of the world. He's called you out. The call has been there, and the power is available. So what does it look like? So this is... This is I've always found this interesting, is that, you know, as, life, as, our, as our life walk with God goes on and on, we don't really, we've got these misconceptions, right? We've got these ideas of what God, God's working in our life should look like. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of times those ideas or preconceptions of what his work should look like completely distracts us from what it does look like. So we need, again, it's all about getting in the Word and getting your mind renewed. When you just read the Word, it, it tells you. It's not a mystery. So let's read first, not first, but Colossians 1, 29. It said, for this purpose also I labor. This is the Apostle Paul talking about the churches that he was in or that he had started. He said, for this person I also labor, striving according to his power, okay, so, again, remember that word power, okay, striving according to his dunamis, which he mightily works in me. That word mightily, and we saw it actually back in Ephesians 2, the word mightily means a supernatural, a superhuman strength. They don't use those words on accidents, church. That's available to you, a superhuman, outside, otherworldly strength. So, for this purpose, I also labor, striving according to all his power, ultimate authority, ultimate dunamis, which is superhumanly working inside of me. Who wrote that, church? The Apostle Paul. Put it into context. The Apostle Paul was beaten, shipwrecked, whipped, stoned, and I'm sure there's a slew of other things, imprisoned, persecuted. Yet he had the gumption to say, the power, the ultimate dunamis of God is superhumanly working inside of me. Look, I'll, I'll expound this point on the, on the next scripture here. It says, okay, so Corinthians 12, 9. 9 through 10. And he said to me, again, this is the Apostle Paul. Let me give you a little context. The Apostle Paul, he's having this conversation with God. He says, I have a thorn in the flesh, right? And I don't know if you're familiar with that scripture or not, but it was basically a metaphor. He was saying, I have something that's ailing me. 
and I've been some, and there's a lot of people that think it was, a, you know, this or that and this and that, and I'm not going to get into what I think it was. That's not important. I, what I want to tell you is that's what he's doing. He's talking to God about this thorn in the flesh. And he said, and he said to me, my grace, unmerited favor, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So understand this, church. When we are sitting inside our own weakness, good. That's exactly where God wants us. That old, that old, the, the misconception that God never gives you more than you can handle is a lie from the pit of hell. God always gives you more than you can handle. Every time. Why? So that the dunamis of God can supernaturally and powerfully work inside you. See, if, you, if, if, he, if he didn't give you more than you could handle, you'd never need him. So, okay, so let me just say this. Stop trying to get out of difficult situations. Knock it off. You know, we, got, we have this problem, okay, where he said, all who seek to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, we rewrote it to say all who seek to live godly in Christ Jesus will be promoted and will be, have lots of money and then we'll just, you know, we'll just kind of roll around and we'll, nobody will care. And no, church, it's going to cost you something to follow after Jesus. It's going to cost you something. And understand, God, he said, he said, listen to me. He said in, in, in John, he said, without me, you can do nothing. Guess what? He meant it. Newsflash, he meant it. You, he said, let's read the scripture here. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power, my dunamis, my super, superhuman power is perfected in your weakness. Then what was the Apostle Paul's response? Now, this is your response. When you find yourself in that weak place, okay, when you find yourself in your weak, that weak place, what is your response? He said, most gladly, therefore, I will boast about my weakness so that the power of God may dwell on me. Church, when you're in that situation, you're like, this is over my head. I'm sinking. I can't take this anymore. Start thanking him for that. Start saying, Lord Jesus, thank you that this is more than I can handle. Thank you that your mighty power, the dunamis of God, is moving heaven and earth on my behalf. Thank you. See, we, we've got to get out of our minds that we were not supposed to experience tribulation in this world. You know, we weren't called the comfortable Christian living. We were called to. We were called out of the world, completely out of the world. And guess what? We are. And there's another scripture here. I'm so excited to read it because it's just. It just really helps explain the human condition. One of the one of the most the best example I can possibly give you of somebody who was walking in utter weakness, yet the life of God came out of him is Jesus on his way to Calvary. What happened? He is just absolutely, utterly in a weak human state. He's, the Bible says that there's no experience outside of our human condition. There's nothing that's going to happen to you that's not common or unique to the human experience. But he will give you the grace to bear up underneath it. So our response, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Dwell, church. Therefore... I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, this was his disposition towards the Lord. Let me ask you this. What's your disposition towards the Lord? Is it one of trying to get away from trials and problems? Or is your disposition one of Lord not my will, but yours be done. And if I'm, if, is your disposition, Lord, I know that I'm in over my head. The Lord wants you to get comfortable being in over your head. He wants you to live being in and over your head because, church, it's like I said in the beginning, He wants to do them. He wants to work the dunamis inside of you. He wants, he, wants, he wants you to live there. He has that for you. That's available to you. This isn't some, just some bedtime story we read at night. This is the reality of the life of God dwelling inside of us. So that's a mindset. Again, you've got to become a student of the Word. You've got to understand that. And Lord, this is where I want to be. So when you find yourself in that weak place, thank you, thank you, Jesus. That means you're right in the middle of where He wants you to be. Right there. That's where you're at. 2 Corinthians 13, 3-4 
It says, since you seek forensic proof that Christ is speaking in and through me, he is not weak and he is not ineffective in dealing with you, but powerful within you. Church, go back to how we started this. We asked ourselves, we said, okay, if you look in the mirror, what do you see? He says here that the word of God, Jesus, he is not ineffective in dealing with you, if, even if it seems like that. You know, one of the things that we've got to stop doing is we've got to stop approaching the word of God based on our feelings. You've got to start approaching the, base, the, the word of God based in faith. In fact, and the fact that his word is just that, a fact. If you want to experience the word of God, get into it with an attitude of faith, with a disposition of faith and believing that the experience will follow. Watchman Nee said this, and it's a, it's a beautiful picture, and I want to just share it with you. I, the, the word of God was meant to be experienced. If you're, if you, if you're tired of, of, of dealing with something, if, if, if you're failing in an area of your life, if you're failing in an area of your life, I challenge you, how much time are you spending in the Word of God? How much time are you spend looking at that rather than watching TV? Okay? It's not going to fly, church, when we stand before him and he, you know, he says, I didn't know you. And you say, but God, I just didn't feel like it. That's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. You know, there are places in the world, okay, that they don't have access to the scriptures. We have, we have so free access to the scriptures here. We're, we are, especially here in America, we are without excuse. We have, got, we have got to draw a hard line in the sand, and it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost you something. It may, it may, you may look like a fool in front of people. Okay. That's okay. You have to be okay with that. You, you, it, may, it may cost you, you know, it may, it may cost you your computer. You may have to get rid of it. You may have to do, do something drastic. Okay, Trish, let me just say something. Do something drastic. Shake off the lethargic Christianity that we've been living. It's like, it's like a wet blanket. It's like we sit under this wet blanket and instead of just, just get sick of it. You know, and ask God. He said, I pray. He said, I pray. How much time do you spend engaging God on that? Say, Lord, help me through this. I don't feel like waking up and reading the Bible. Help me. I don't feel like sharing my faith. Help me. Lord, I'm struggling in this area of my life, and I'm just having such a hard time thinking differently. Then ask him for help. Shake it off. The Bible says, listen to this. This is so good, and it's so challenging to me. He said, he said in Matthew, he said, um, if your eye offends you, tear it out and throw it away. It's better to go into heaven without an eye than it is for your whole body to go into hellfire. He says, if your hand offends you, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to go into heaven. Now, was he saying, no, look, if that was the case, I'd be like, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Listen to me. God is saying, do what it takes. Come on, like, do what it takes. Get violent with it. I may be taking this verse out of context. Pastor, you can get me later for it. But it says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and violent men take it by force. Get violent with it. Take it out. You see, we have got to stop, we've got to stop living in this lethargic. It's so easy here. Church, we're not suffering persecution here. We don't know what that means. Right? It's so easy to do that. But let me just tell you something. If you want the mighty God to work inside your life, Start engaging him because he has got so much more for you than you're currently living in. You want to know why? And I'll tell you, and I'll give you the actual scripture reference. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But there is no end or limit to Jesus. There is no limit to God. So I know you don't have everything that he has for you. I can tell you that right now. You're not having everything that God has for you because there's no limit to him. And he said, he who gave his only son, how much more will he freely give us all things? I know that we're not there. Okay. It says, He is not weak or ineffective in dealing with us, but powerful within us. For even though he was crucified in weakness, yielding himself, yet he lives by the resurrected power of God, his Father. So listen to this. Okay, so that goes back to that, and that's just so important. The best example you can possibly see. Christ Jesus the Savior of the world, the, all, the one who's seated at the right hand of the Father, the majesty on high, all dunamis, all authority, everything belongs to him, was crucified in weakness. But yet what? He lives by the resurrected power of God. 
That, that is supposed to be our experience, church. We're not above that. When we embrace the cross, it's done in weakness. It's done in weakness. But we live by the resurrected power of God. For we too, so here we go, for we too are weak in him as he was humanly weak. See, it says in Hebrews that he is not unable to be touched with each and every one of our infirmities. He said, I came and I experienced everything that you experienced, yet without sin. Therefore, draw boldly to the throne of grace to find help in a time of need. You see, that's what's available to you and I. He, he, this is one of, the, one of my favorite prayers to Jesus is when I get and I say, Lord, you know how much I'm struggling with this. You know how hard this is for me. And he says, yes, I do. But I've got grace and help for you. He knows he's not unable to sympathize with your exact situation. He's the only one that knows exactly how you feel and exactly how hard it is for you. And I want to say this, and I wanted to say this at the beginning, so I'm sorry. Every time, that, and it's been without fail, that I've ever got up here and talked, it has been hard because I've totally un- I feel like I'm totally unqualified. Anytime I've ever said anything or preached or said it all, I said, Lord, I am the last one to be able to be talking about this. I am the chief of sinners. I am the one who, just, who, who, who has a hard time with this, with these things. So, church, I'm, I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to encourage you. We're all in this together. So, weak as he was humanly weak, yet we are alive and well in fellowship with him because of the power, the dunamis of God, directed towards you. Church, in weakness, as we are just in our weak and lowly state, that's where we are. The sooner you come to that point of realizing that I cannot do it, the better. Okay, why do you think? Anybody ever wonder in Romans 7 where he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? Anybody ever wonder like, why he said that? That's music to God's ears. When you finally get to the point, go, God, I can't do this. He's like, finally. Finally. Let go, church. Let go and be in that position of total and absolute surrender and live in that weakness. Embrace that weakness, you know? When God puts you in that situation that's over your head, thank you, Lord, because there is a superhuman. I'll, let me give you an example here. Seven, eight years ago, okay, when I first got into management, I was sitting there talking to, well, it was about a year before I got into management, and I was trying to, I was reading and studying and doing, you know, trying to get some degrees and stuff, and so I was sitting there talking to my then supervisors at the time, and I was like, Lord, you know, I, 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 was, I was talking to them, and these guys were smart, they were on their stuff. They, they had been in management a long time. And I remember I felt this big talking to these two guys because I realized something. I thought, Lord, these guys are just better than me. I don't got a chance. And I remember the Lord spoke to me right then in that very moment. He said, Andrew, and I will never forget this as long as I live because it's carried me through. He said, Andrew, in the natural, they will win every time. They'll move right by you. Because you're right, they are smarter than you. But in the supernatural, but in the power and the dunamis of God, you will outperform and do better every time. Every time. You see, the Bible, and you know what, let me give you a scripture for that, okay? The Bible says, I have called the weak things of the world to confound the wise. I have called the things that were foolish to confound the things that are high. You see, God God desires us to stay in that weak state, in that humble state before him. Every time, God, stay in that place. When, 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 when God brings a promotion your way, when he brings um, what, whatever he brings your way, stay in that place of weakness before him. Stay in that place of humility before him. You know, he may, he may, God, let me just tell you something, okay? King David, one of the wealthiest men in the Bible, go do some research and you can find out how much inheritance he actually left to his kids. And I guarantee you it's more than any of us or even to our kids. Do you know, he was one of the wealthiest men in the world at the time. And you know what he said of himself? He said, I am poor, blind, and naked. It was his dispensation, or his disposition, I'm sorry, towards God that he understood I am nothing. It doesn't matter. It's not about, you can be the president of the United States, you can be you know, the president of your company, 
And yet, you can still remain in that place of weakness before God. He's not against us prospering. He's not against us having things. He's not against that. In fact, I believe we're supposed to be the wealthiest people in the world, right? You know, we'll handle it better than the wicked, right? We'll handle it better because that's what we're called to do. Stay in that place of weakness before him. Okay. We're going to wrap this up here pretty quickly, but I want to give you a couple more scriptures. He says, this is, this is Mark 4, 24 through 25, okay? He said, then he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Everybody say, pay attention. By your own standard of measurement, that is, to the extent you study spiritual truth and apply godly wisdom, say that with me, study spiritual truth, apply godly wisdom. To the extent that you do that, it will be measured to you. In other words, it will be given to you. What is he saying? To the extent, to the amount of effort that you give to study the spiritual things and apply those spiritual things, it'll be given to you. Make the effort. I'm going to give it to you. Are you with me on that? You get into the word. I'm going to give you the power. That's what he's saying. And more... Okay, hold on a second. Let me go back. I love this. It will be measured to you. And you will be given even greater ability to respond. What's he saying there? You're going to be given more. He says, and more will be given to you besides. In other words, let me go back to what I said. I know that we're not, we haven't tapped Jesus out and everything that he has for us because he says, seek me, apply the truth, I'll give it to you, and then I'll give you even more. Right? So there's so much available to us. That we're, 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 not, we're, not, we're not even coming close to, to the fullness of what he has for us, church. And when more will be given to you besides, whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not listen to this, okay, because I'm going I'm to give you a, a thing I want you to write down, okay, if you're taking notes. To him, he will give me more understanding, will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, everybody say yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. God's not kidding. This is, this is serious to him. Let's, let's, let's embrace this and let's just sit under this for a second. He says, if you, again, you get your driver's license, you got salvation, if you don't maintain a yearning for the Word of God, even what you have, God said He's going to take away from you. That's serious, church. But the good news is, right before it, what did He just say? All you got to do is study it, and I'm going to give it to you. Right? He's going to give it to you. Right? He's going to give it to you. He's telling church, He's going to give it to you. James said it this way, James 4, eight. He said, draw near to God, and I will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Church, we cannot look like the world and draw near to God. You've got to drop those things. And I'm not going to sit here and list out all the things, okay? You know, pornography, premarital sex, drugs, alcohol, you know, this, that. Listen to me. That's why the Holy Spirit came. He came to convict the world of sin, right? Engage Him in His Word, and God will do that for you. Engage him in his word, and God will do that for you. I'm going to make this statement, okay, and it's going to sound a little harsh, okay? But I believe, again, Lord, let this come out and just do what you want it to do. If we're in the same place spiritually a year from now, that's our fault. If you move on year after year after year with God, and nothing changes in your walk with him, and you don't know more things, and you don't have more spiritual insight, you haven't grown, you haven't shaken off insecurity, you haven't shaken off rejection, you aren't confident in the love of God, you aren't um, fully walking in the word, you aren't able to quote, church, we're supposed to know the word. You're supposed to be able to quote. The Bible said, hey, come on, we should be able to quote the word. If that's not happening in your life, church, that's not God's fault. That's not God's fault. And I know that may seem harsh and that may make you uncomfortable, but you know what? It's a, we need to be uncomfortable. We need that. We have, we have, we've got to understand 
we're not going to be able to get to the end of our life and say, I, I, God, there wasn't enough grace for me to get over. You know, how many of you know who Joyce Myers is? Let me just tell you something about her, okay? Some of you don't know her. She's, she's, and I'm not going to go off and, you know, and, and, and preach on her or anything, but let me just tell you about something. Go read about her life. She had a horrible life. She, she was abused by her father sexually day in and day out for 18 years. Talk about someone who had a reason to say there wasn't enough grace for me. That woman today, that woman today is totally free, totally free and walking in the power and the dunamis of God. See, there is, you can have the absolute worst upbringing and God is saying, I can superhumanly bring you beyond that. There is nothing, there is no experience, there is nothing that can happen to you. And I want to say this too, I just feel like I need to say this, okay? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is none. If any of you are feeling one ounce of condemnation, that's the devil. That's absolutely the devil. There is grace for you, there is peace for you. And remember, it's all available to you, but God is serious about it. What did he do to Peter? He said, come on. Why'd you doubt me? Come on. Right? God is fiercely committed to our perfection, and he is bringing all the might and the power of the universe to do that in you. And what that means to you. Can I get the worship team to come up? Last scripture I'm going to give you here. Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. See, Jesus is at the door of your heart, and he's knocking. He's saying, hey, let me in. He's doing his part. Jesus has done his part, and he's because he does pursue us, church. He does pursue us, but you've got to respond. Draw near to me. Who does it first? Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Who's, who does it first? We do. It's our response unto him. It's our response unto him. God can, God can let me just tell you something. For those of you, and if you don't know God, I'm just going to say this. If you don't know God, and you're like, dude, you're off your rocker. What are you talking about Netflix for? Right? Let me just tell you something. God has, is pursuing you, and, and he's going to meet you here today if you'll respond to him. He's a gentleman. He's not going to barge his way into your life. You, he's, he's, he's done his part, and he's, he's asking us to respond to him. Okay, so I want to pray. I'm going to pray two prayers. One, we're going to give you an opportunity if you don't know the Lord. We're going to give you an opportunity to, to, to know him this morning. And invite him into your life. And the second prayer I want to pray is I want to ask God, you know, if this, if this is something that you want, the, the, you know, if, if you're like, yeah, I know. Like, I want to keep moving on. Like, I've been stagnant in my faith. You know, and I, and I want to move from death to life. And I want to see that power functioning in my life. Remember, I'm, I'm telling you right now, when Jesus was walking that road to Calvary, you know what he probably didn't feel? He probably didn't feel very powerful. We've got to stop approaching the word of God and his, the dunamis based on our feelings. The superhuman strength works inside your weak situation. Remember that. So I want to pray that if that's you, that we'll, 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 we will cover that attitude in the blood and we will just ask that the Lord will bring you forth in that. Bring your mind forth in that, that he will give you the desire to even know that. So if you, with, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you don't know the Lord this morning and you want to know him and you want to be able to experience the, the life of God and you want to, not only do you want to be saved from, from hell, the hell fire, but you want to experience the life-changing power of God in your life here, this side of heaven, raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Amen. I see those hands. Thank you. You can put them down. We're going to pray together. So pr- repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that you came to to pay the penalty for my sin. I acknowledge you as Lord. I'm asking that you would come into my life. Make me a new person. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. 
I confess that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now. In Jesus' name. Now, I, I want to pray for you. If you felt like your heart was responded to this, I want to pray for you specifically. And church, I want you to all act your faith with me. I want you to act your faith with me because God wants to do something. He wants to, church, he wants to show up in your life in a mighty way. He wants that. He wants to, he wants you. He wants you. He wants you to experience him. So if that's you, raise your hand because I'm going to pray for you. If you want me to pray. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So church, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, I just ask in Jesus' name that as we are um, responding in faith to you, Father, I pray that you would just meet us now with the ultimate, supreme dunamis of God. Lord, that it would come, that all the power of the universe would come and act on our behalf as we embrace the cross. Lord, as we embrace the state of weakness, the condition known to humans, Lord, that we would stay in that place. Lord, and that we would be able to be in that position to receive from you all that you have for us, Lord. I just pray, Lord Jesus, a special blessing, Lord, everyone who's here. Lord, I just pray that you would give us a desire for your word. Lord, I just pray that even right now, that Lord, that we would shake off the dust, that we would shake off the dampness, Lord God, and, the, and Lord, and just repent for the coldness in our hearts towards you. Father, I just ask in Jesus' name that you would do all that you said you would do in your word for us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I just pray, Father God, that people wouldn't leave here the same, that they would go back and they would study the word. Father, I pray that there would just be a strong hunger and desire for the word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Church, thank you so much. I love you guys, and I just want you to know that we, we are absolutely all in this together. There's grace for you. There's mercy for you. God loves you so very much. He's fiercely committed to you. He's fiercely committed to your perfection. Be therefore, therefore be holy as I am holy. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Please stand and worship with us. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.